0: Welcome to the Knowledge at Wharton podcasts. Knowledge at Wharton is the online research and business analysis journal of the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. For more information, please visit our website at knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Support for Knowledge at Wharton podcasts comes from Vanguard, offering investments designed to help individuals and institutions reach their long-term financial goals at
1: Vanguard.com. Hello, this is Kevin Werbach. I'm Assistant Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics at the Wharton School and also the organizer of Supernova, an emerging technology and business conference. Supernova 2006 will be held June 21 to 23 in San Francisco, and you can find full details at www.supernova2006.com. This is the second in a series of interviews we're conducting around Supernova 2006 with technology industry leaders, uh, and it's being done in association with Knowledge at Wharton. Our guest for this interview is David Yawn, uh, whose official title is Vice President of Corporate Communications at IBM. Um, but as you'll see during the conversation, um, he doesn't do the traditional kinds of things that a communications person does. He's much more deeply involved in strategy and big ideas, and uh, in particular right now is involved in a, a very innovative project, which has to do with innovation, uh, called the Global Innovation Outlook, um, which uh, hopefully we'll be able to discuss at some length in this interview. So let me start, David, with um, with the question about what innovation is, because obviously you hear corporations all the time talking about innovation, um, and I think IBM even did some research about just how high that, that is on the list of priorities for most corporations, but... Uh, you know, I find sometimes that, that that people talk about innovation without really having a good understanding of what it actually means.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you know we, we've seen the tendency, and, and we're all familiar with this, right? Especially, you know, com- coming out of the last century in, in, into this new one here, where I think historically people have associated innovation with gadgets and gizmos and and, and new and 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 different, and we're seeing a lot of evidence that the the thinking is. Being transformed here in the early days of the 21st century, uh, you know, that people really are, are perhaps putting a, a higher bar on what innovation actually is, and maybe also broadening the definition of, of innovation. And, and, and we're seeing it on, on two levels. One, there's sort of uh, you know, this, this, this day of invention, right, where, where a lone inventor off in a garage could change the world with one of his ideas or her ideas. Sort of his passing is passing us by, and we're seeing that the very nature of innovation is much more open, collaborative, multidisciplinary, and global in nature. And, and that's happening for a lot of reasons, you know, including the, the reasons Tom, uh, Thomas Friedman laid out in, in "The World Is Flat." Uh, you know, there's a bias, obviously, for you know that, that technology is enabling a lot of that with you know pervasive access to broadband wireless technologies, the internet, of course, uh, sensors everywhere, and so forth sort of the barriers and, and, and borders to, to innovation and collaboration in particular have come down dramatically in the, in the past 10 years. Um,
1: okay, but, but if a company like IBM says it wants to be innovative, what does that really mean other than it wants to be successful?
0: Well, I, I think it, it, it's, it's delivering value for, for business and society. It, it's, it's coming up with something that has substantive change. Substantive and lasting meaning, uh, you, know, things, you know, and it's not just products and services anymore, right? It's business models, it's processes, it's, it's policy, uh, there, there's you know, just management systems and so forth. We're seeing that, that companies at all levels, CEOs, leaders, are looking for competitive advantage in a lot of different places. And where, whereas maybe 10 years ago they were looking for it in their products and services, Two-thirds of the people that we've talked to, we we interviewed about 750 CEOs at the beginning of the year and late last year, and and they're telling us, two-thirds of them are saying, I'm looking for business model innovation or business process innovation. Because they see product innovation actually is becoming much more fleeting. The the commoditization of products, the commoditization of ideas is leading to much shorter uh, competitive advantage. Right, The the, the first-to-market advantage is being dissipated very quickly.
1: Okay, so, so tell us a little bit about this, this GIO project um, uh, that, that IBM is doing um, uh, now, I believe, in its second year.
0: Yeah, the Global Innovation Outlook, something we started in 2004, and it, it really is a reflection of, of as we were, we were sort of coming to this realization that in, the, the nature of innovation was changing, we asked ourselves whether our processes were changing to reflect that, the way that we go about uh, surfacing new ideas, new insights, Was that changing? And we realized that it hadn't. You know, on on one hand, we'd have, you know, as you can imagine, IBM we have, you know, really entrenched and and very powerful and persuasive forecasting processes. We do it with technology. Every year we produce something called the Global Technology Outlook that does a really good job of looking at at trends in terms of performance, size, capability, and so forth. But it was sort of lacking, uh, you know, an understanding of, of what the business implications were. And on the other side of our house, we're both a technology leader, and we're also the world's largest consulting uh, company. Our consulting uh, business, our consultants were producing things called industry points of view, and these were great looks at what was happening in the insurance industry, the you know automotive industry, uh, financial services, and so forth. But curiously enough, they were lacking. Uh, A discussion of what technology was enabling. So we said, geez, maybe we should bring together these two great spheres of expertise we have, bring together our world-class researchers, bring together our world-class business thinkers, and see what they can come up with. And that was the original premise behind the GIO, but we realized it was missing one ingredient. If it's open and, and collaborative, we needed to pull in what we call our innovation ecosystem. So our clients the the government leaders, public sector uh, uh, people that we deal with, policymakers, university leaders, uh, NGOs, citizens groups, uh, VCs, and so forth. And and, IBM is sort of blessed because of our size and because of the fact that we operate in about 170 countries around the world We have this really rich and diverse ecosystem that we can tap into. So I think the aha moment around the GIO wasn't bringing together the the technology side and the consulting side of our business, though that was a step forward for us. It was bringing in the outside world. So in effect, what we've done is taken these closed forecasting processes that most companies have, and we've completely opened them up and made them transparent.
1: But isn't that, that very size also a challenge in terms of innovation? I mean, a lot of people, when they think innovation, they think, you know, the startup. Um, they don't think about a big company like IBM. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, this, this is where I've, I've got to put on my blue hat, I guess, for, for a minute here, because I, I actually think IBM has a long history of being an innovation company, and it, it has completely uh, transformed itself uh, fundamentally, at least three times in its ninety-year or so history, it's almost a century-long history. I mean, I, IBM's business model in the 1920s—we sold meat scales, cheese slicers, <laughs> things like that. You know, and, and then we, you know, we we, we we became a punch card company, right? You know, uh, uh, sort of the very, very early days of data processing. And then we became this, you know, this uh, you know, the monolithic, you know, mainframe manufacturer, which so many people still associate us with. But actually, more than half of our population now is in services and consulting. We're, we have 190,000 people that, you know, don't move hardware, don't move software. They are consulting with companies. They are uh, doing business processes for companies and so forth. So you know, our business model has transformed four or five times in in, in dramatic ways. We've reinvented ourselves several times. We've uh, pioneered many things that are common business policies or practices today. You know whether you're talking about equal opportunity uh, type things uh, or or technology. You know many of the commonplace technologies that we still rely on today. The hard drive, you know, for example, the relational database. Uh, you know, even even the cursor, uh, you know, laser eye surgery. Those are all things that came out of IBM's labs over the, the last 50
1: years or so. Mm-hmm. But, but if you've got that kind of innovation in your DNA as a company, um, then, then why do you need something like this, this global innovation outlook? And, and why do you need to bring in so many other people, this, this ecosystem you talked about?
0: Well, I I think it's easy to become uh, complacent and insular, and once again, few companies understand that the way IBM does, because we almost killed ourselves.
1: We had our
0: near-death experience in the 1990s, the early 1990s, and I think those who survived that at IBM understand, because we were closed, we were proprietary, we were siloed in our operations. And we weren't listening to what was happening in the world. And, uh, you you know, sometimes there's no better uh, wake-up call than than completely, almost completely losing everything that you've worked decades to establish. So it it really gave us maybe a dose of humility. Uh, It gave us a dose of reality. And it helped us understand that, uh, you know, hey, there may be 330,000 experts in IBM, and uh, you know there's some pretty smart people in IBM but we don't know it all we can't possibly know it all and by reaching out and interacting with members of the various communities we operate in we get so much richer thought so much richer thinking i mean and, and i'll give you a, a really yeah
1: so 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 tell us a little, so so you went out and talked to all these experts around the world for this, for this project what are the, what are some of the things that you found
0: well, you know, I, 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 we're finding a lot of things. And maybe let me, let me start off with the, the hard part, right, because uh, a lot of companies are grappling with this. A lot of government organizations, a lot of universities are grappling with this. Innovation is hard. Collaborative innovation is very hard. And uh, looking out into the future and trying to anticipate the changes that are coming along may be the hardest trick of all. I mean, our original design point was kind of naive. We thought maybe we could look out five or ten years into the future. And the reality is, even when you get people together from a variety of perspectives and diverse viewpoints, yeah, you're lucky if you can get out 12, 18 months, because the problems and the challenges that, that we're confronting in this really dynamic world that we have, this best-paced world where change is so prevalent, happening so fast, Make it make it really difficult to really uh, get a, a bead on on what's going to happen, you know, way down the line. So you know what, what, what we're learning is there's nothing wrong with focusing in on near to mid, mid-term uh, problems, and in fact, actually, you know, maybe that it's less about the next big thing or the the next what, but more how right now, and, and that maybe there's you know thousands of next big things out there, and they just take on all different forms and, 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 and slices. So, you know, what's happening is we're getting an opportunity to turn some of our, our, maybe our established thinking on the side and upside down and inside out. And in the process, our clients who are participating in this, uh, you know, the, the universities are participating in this, same thing happened. The other thing is there's a huge will on the part of businesses, governments, and universities to work together. When we first started doing this, we heard consistently across the board, thank God someone's pulling us together because these issues can only be solved if we work together. The problem is right now there's largely will. There's still a lot of entrenched things that, that have to be overcome, whether it's in terms of uh, funding, policy, you know, pro- uh, you know, intellectual property, things like that, before I think you're going to see – all these factions of the ecosystem truly coming together to solve the problems or, or create the opportunities.
1: Mm-hmm. So, 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 I mean, can you just give us a, a little peek um, at some of the the areas that the that the report this year focused on, <laughs> um, and, some, and some of the issues, I mean, I you know I was involved in the in the process. Um, and um, you know, found some really sort of interesting and surprising things there. So I think it'd be yeah, a-
0: absolutely. Well, you know, what we try to do is is each time we do this, we try to take three broad swaths of society. You know, we, we don't look at this by industry, we don't look at this by you know, go to market opportunity and so forth, but rather we try to find sort of one big issue that 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 you know sort of resonates on a, a societal level. The first time we did it, healthcare. This time. And the environment and energy issues. We try to find something that sort of touches people every in their everyday common, you know, activities, this time around, transportation, mobility. And then we usually, you
1: know,
0: hey, we, we do have some interests and some biases that go into this. We also look into things that are sort of, you know, very germane to IBM's business at any point in time. And the topic we looked at this, this particular time around was the future of the enterprise. So... Uh, you know, I think some of the things that come out of this are are, are uh, expected, I guess I would say. You know, but, you know, we get a level of granularity and get a level of flavoring, uh, you know, around, you know, for example, the power of networks, right, the, the, that, that, you know, the organizing principle for getting work done for innovation is no longer the enterprise but the endeavor, and, 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 and perhaps even the very definition of enterprise has to be thrown out right it 's been a synonym for corporations in the past synonym for companies and you know what we 're really seeing right is that uh, real work is getting done by networks of people coming together in a very fluid and very dynamic and, and temporal uh, combinations and, and and so it may be you know the enterprise may really be a uh, Networks of specialized entities that have complementary interest. Um, So that has all sorts of implications. It has implications for a company of our size. It has implications for many of the, the, the companies that we interact with. But it's also having implications for very small companies. We're seeing a lot of evidence that small companies with 20, 25 people, maybe even less, are able to now operate on a global basis and what they're doing, because they can network with other organizations all around the world rather easily, they're, they're totally disrupting business models and, and, and market expectations. And, and that's something that wasn't happening 10, 15, 20 years ago. So there, there are some, some pretty you know
1: dramatic changes that are, that are underway right now. Absolutely. So we're going to need to wrap up. Uh, David, could you just give people the URL if people want to go to the, the global Innovation Outlook website.
0: Absolutely, there's there's all sorts of other there's uh, other provocative material and ideas there. It's at uh, if you go to ibm.com backslash gio. It's pretty simple. Uh, www.ibm.com backslash gio. Uh, you'll be able to download uh, PDFs of, of our report. It's about 50 pages long. There's about 25 different essays across those three large topic areas that we talked about. You can order hard copies and there's a variety of other materials. And uh, we, we hope to keep the dialogue going. You'll, you'll, you'll find more information about how you can participate in the dialogue around both these issues as well as future topics that we may take on uh, down the line.
1: Great. And innovation, of course, will be something that we'll talk about this year at Supernova. Uh, again, Supernova's website is www.supernova2006.com. Uh, thanks very much for listening, and we'll continue this series uh, next time.